This is Raptors Shootaround. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special. Oh, baby, what a play. The Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Yes, guy. Wow, my yes guy just uh, it's like a bad shadow. It just keeps following me around. I don't know. I don't know if it's very effective or not. Welcome back to hour number two of Raptors Shootaround. Jim Taddy with you until noon, followed by Andy Petrello and Leaves Lunch. Followed by Matt Cause, who has the Raptors edition of Game Day 1-4. to four. Overdrive will be all over this until 7, from 4 to 7. And then at 7, Dwayne Watson joins me in our location at Scotiabank Arena. Two-hour pregame, Game 1. NBA Finals, Raptors against Golden State. And the tip at 9, Jack Armstrong, Paul Jones will have the accounts and descriptions. I'll be back at halftime with Dwayne and Josh Lewenberg. And postgame follows so extensive. And then, of course, on first up tomorrow... Here's what you want to do. You want to listen to First Up because you can win a pair of tickets to see the Raptors in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, courtesy TSN 1050. Landsberg and Koliakovo will announce a very important playoff keyword, and you want to remember it when you're listening later that same day to Overdrive. When Hayes gives you the cue to call, be the first one through in the correct keyword that you have, of course, and uh, you'll be headed to the game. So you'll be the first one to call through with the correct keyword, and you go to Game 2. And I'm already told, and I don't know where the line is now because I don't have CP24 on to, to follow this, but I think at 6 or 6.30 this morning, the lineup to get into Jurassic Park formed. So I don't know if it's, um, you know, if it's past the 427 by now or what. I mean, it's, Arad, do you have any update on that? Uh, our... Oh, guy. Insider. Are you okay, guy? Wow. <laughs> Our insider from Newstalk 1010 reports that the line is outside of the borders of the greater Toronto area right by Niagara Falls. Oh, really? Wow. So, I mean, if, if you're deep enough in the line, you could actually turn the other way and, and do something else. But there's all, you know what, what's happening also is there's a lot of communities outside or on the edge of the GTA that are having civic uh, sort of their own Jurassic Park moments uh, in their downtown areas so that you can watch it outside. And I think, is it Cineplex that has it in, in theaters across the country? Yes, yeah, Cineplex uh, is having free raptor parties in a lot of their theaters so you can just go and watch the game on the big screen i this is i mean this is a national event i, I think we understand that even though we are in the center or the the eye of the the uh, the storm uh, it definitely ripples throughout the the country and and uh, that is uh, i guess the you know the many years later uh, let's go back to uh, 93 so what is that uh let me do some quick math 26 years later uh, the blue jays uh, that had the same effect, although social media was not around, and uh, some of the uh, outlets like we were not around. I was around, but this place wasn't around uh, in, in terms of the radio station. So, I mean, the media has grown uh, quite a bit in that time. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the modern-day version of what was a, a joyous moment uh, back then. So this it's going to be like times, I want to say times 10. Yeah, and if you think about it, the population of the city has basically doubled since then, I think. So it'll be massive. It, like, it'd be something that I don't think we've seen before. The scale will be just off the charts. Well, it, it, you know, I think uh, the original owner, John Bitoff, who was with us earlier, and we're going to replay some of those clips, uh, he nailed it. Uh, you know, his, his original premise was to uh, you know, deal with um, uh, new Canadians and all age uh, uh, representatives, of, uh, like the, the full spectrum of the demographics, what I'm trying to say. And, and so, you know, when you look at the Raptors now, the Raptors appeal to everybody. 
uh, when you go back to, and I said this yesterday, I mean, obviously in the, in the school systems across this country for decades, 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 and more than that, uh, there have been basketball programs in place. Uh, if I go back to my high school, which is a long, long time ago, five basketball teams, uh, even in uh, the, uh, the, the Catholic grade school I went to, there was a basketball team. Uh, this is something that everybody plays. I had a, uh, this is a kind of a weird story, but I had a, a hoop in my driveway and it wasn't a basketball pole, it was a tree that fell down and my father just took all the branches off it and stuck it in the ground at the end of the driveway and it was a foot higher than it needed to be because he wasn't going to cut the tree. He just dropped it in the ground and put a backboard and a net on it. And uh, so I developed a, a pretty good long shot uh, based on the fact that it was a foot higher than it had to be. But but that's that's what I would do a lot of times when I had nothing to do was... was um, just bounce the ball around and, and shoot hoops in my driveway. Uh, it was long enough that I could do that. And I, I just, it, it's just been part of our, our life here for a long, long time. And, and now we have, I guess, the icing on the cake. We always had the cake and it just didn't have, wasn't maybe organized as to where to take it. But, but now we have somewhere to take it. And, and, you know, I go back to, I don't want to skip over the Vince Carter regime because that was inspirational for elite players. Uh, and obviously spurred a lot of people to go to NCAA basketball and and go on from there. And, and so I mean it's it's a slow build. It's not it's more than 25 years, a very slow build in this country. But it was always there in some way, shape, or form. But now it's it's funneled and, and there is icing on the top of the cake. And it's just a, it's a great moment. And, and you know I can't say this enough. The, the game will will take us to another chapter in the series and and what happens after that. But but this is it's a moment by moment thing. And, and I mean you'd be absolutely Absolutely lost if you didn't sort of stop and, and slow it down and, and just go bit by bit because it's, it's something that you will recall and, and certainly if it ends up with the ultimate uh, you'll be recalling this for a long long time but at this point uh, one step at a time it, it's very enjoyable as well and uh, so you get into the analysis we had Sherm Hamilton on earlier saying that that he thinks and he came up with the O'Reilly guy of the broadcast that the Raptors could do this in six or seven. So, Arad, uh, uh, get that Steve Kerr clip. Uh, he said this. He was on the jump yesterday with, with Rachel Nichols, and, and he was talking about you know all the people around the hotel, and, and he understood, and, and it was clear to him that this wasn't just a Toronto team. This was a national team. It represented the country, and it wasn't lost on, on the, the players in the Golden State Warriors. But he was asked by fans outside of his hotel his prediction on the series. Now that's a yes guy. Raptors and eight from the opposing coach. Yes guy. I'm in the greatest of moods just because we, we're doing the game tonight, so I have to do this. This is the sign that the Tat Man is in a good mood. Blah, 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 blah. Can't wait for game one. It's going to be exciting. Dwayne Watson will join me, and yes. Yes Guy, No Guy will make its NBA Finals debut. All right, settle down, settle down. Never happened before in the NBA Finals, at least not sanctioned. And so I've got all the, you know, all the legal copies so nobody rips this off. So it's going to be read. You know, the, the legal waiver will be read when we do this, and that's part of the extensive two-hour pregame show. And, Arad, I mean, you've, you've done the guest list. You are doing the pregame, and you're doing the broadcast with us. You are the producer. So, so who do we have in the pregame? We have Rod Black, our own Josh Lewenberg, Monty Poole, who uh, covers the Warriors. We will have Cabby, and we will have current NBA players Nick Stauskas and Jamal Murray. Oh, fabulous. Boy, I really can't wait for that. I can't either. It's a star-studded pregame show for a big game. 
And you should have ended that off with, and yes guy, no guy too. And the biggest of it all, yeah. yes guy, no guy, with Jim Teddy and Dwayne Watson. I, I don't know if Dwayne, like Dwayne's probably working on his yes guy, no guy as we mumble right now. I, I think he's trying it on people that he's around. He's he a little rusty. Be. He should be. Well, we'll see. Uh, I want to go back to that, that John Bitov conversation that we had. The original owner of the Raptors, as he guested with us in the first hour of the broadcast, and uh, he was talking about uh, the Raptors' mascot, which was a winner, and, and the design. Let's listen in. Yeah, yeah. well, Bobcats and Grizzlies were got taken up. But, but the Raptor one was really unique. And when we put it in test groups and focus groups, I mean, people... It's always been one of the leading uh, licensed logos. I think we ended up uh, third in licensed merchandise sales in our expansion year, third or fourth, I can't remember. But, uh, you know, behind kind of Lakers and Magic with Shaq at the time uh, and the Bulls. But uh, uh, it really resonated. We wanted to create something that would, would be global and would be unique, and that's kind of why we went with the dinosaur as well as, you know, no pro teams that uh, had kind of embraced that heritage as well as dinosaurs that existed in Canada. So... Everything we did, you know, I'm proud of what the guys did, having guys like Tom on board and, uh, and everyone else. You know, we, we approached everything different, and that was part of what was fun. Um, I guess, you know, when you look at the situation now, I mean, how close are you? To- okay, bad edit there. But anyway, we won't worry about that. But he mentioned Tom. So Tom was Tom Manek from the sport market, and he'll be with us tomorrow uh, talking about the business angle of the NBA Finals and was with us yesterday. And Tom was uh, in the marketing department. And so on the, on the desk at one point was the, the Raptors stuff, the Bobcats stuff, and the Grizzlies stuff. And so they decided to go with the Raptors. And we all understand the Bobcats uh, surfaced in, in Charlotte later on and the Grizzlies were the other Canadian team. So, so, I mean, they really couldn't lose, but the Raptors was clearly the best choice. Another clip from John and uh, he talks about uh, how he was absolutely assured that basketball would grow in this city. You know, Jim, there's always stutter steps and everything, but I, I just knew it's a great sport, and I knew packaged right, done right, it would, it would you know, we're, we are a cosmopolitan city, and we would eat it up. And, and in a weird way, it's, it, it kind of helped in terms of just how much more Toronto became, you know, a, a bigger city, because from day one, we always knew we had to market to, uh, uh, you know, kids and women and new Canadians. And, uh, you know, because we, we let hockey, the hockey guys have hockey. Right. Um, this was always going after a new market, new segment. And, uh, you know, the city grew exponentially and, and we grew with it. I mean, really, it's... it's it- well, okay, that's the end of that clip. Um, we had to turn those around fast, so our apologies for the uh, the bouncy out. Uh, coming up next, and this guy is either going to be the mayor of Toronto, the premier of the province, or the prime minister. Tim Bontomps from ESPN. He is their NBA writer, one of their 21, and he was only one of two of the 21 who picked the Raptors to win this series. So we'll find out why. This is Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available on the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Raptors shoot around. Jim Taddy with you until noon. Leafs lunch with Andy Petrolo follows an extensive Raptors coverage. And of course, we have the two hour pregame show tipping off at 7. Dwayne Watson will join me at Scotiabank Arena. And then, of course, the game all live here on TSN 1050. Uh, Tim Bontomps is here. He is the ESPN uh, NBA writer who predicted one of two out of 21 who predicted a Raptors victory. Tim, welcome in. Which job would you like, mayor, premier of the province, or prime minister? Uh, I'm not sure I'll take any of those. It's probably more of a headache than I'd like to deal with. <laughs> okay, so I mean, congratulations on the pick. How did you get there? Well, I'm not quite sure what you're congratulating me for, but uh, as far as why I picked the Raptors to win, I think they're a really good team. 
I think they have the best player in the series, uh, especially with Kevin Durant out. Uh, you know, I think Kawhi has established himself as maybe the best player in the league in these playoffs. Uh, the Raptors, I think, are the best defensive team that Golden State has faced during this run. Uh, over the past five years, they have, you know, every guy they're going to play uh, is at least a neutral uh, player defensively, and most of them are positive impact players. So, um, you know, from that standpoint, they're, they're going to be a tough challenge. And I just think in the end, Toronto's got enough shooting uh, around Kawhi and enough defensive versatility that for a Warriors team that is going to be playing some guys that aren't very good, especially because DeMarcus Cousins and Kevin Durant are trying to work themselves back in, I think it's going to be just enough for them to get over the top and win their first title. Uh, what's your best guess on, on Cousins and Durant's involvement in this? Will we see Cousins tonight? Uh, I think we lost him there. Seemed to be a delay in the answer anyway, so it might have been a, a, a connection. And so, Arad, maybe you want to call him back and again he is the nba writer for espn there's a lot of them obviously and they did a poll of 21 of them and uh, only two and he's one of them picked the raptors to win and i kind of liked what he said on on the first answer uh, you know sometimes you don't know what you have because it's a developing story and everybody understands what the warriors will bring to the table but the raptors going back over the Sixers series, made adjustments and weathered the storm, albeit on a buzzer beater, as we are all aware. And against the Bucks, I thought that was really impressive. Uh, you know, could have won game one. Game two, not very good. And the adjustments were made in the next four games, and they all paid off. Uh, that doesn't happen all the time, but but that's something to certainly respect and, and take note of. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes if you're cynical, you might go, well, what do they have left? They should have plenty left. There's been a nice break there. And, and so maybe you could flip that around. I think any analysis, you could always turn around and say the Warriors are facing something that they haven't seen before as well. Tim is back with us. Tim, sorry, apologize for the technical issues. Uh, but in, in terms of um, the, the two injured players for the Warriors, Cousins and Durant, what are your expectations that we'll see from them in this series? I mean, my guess is DeMarcus Cousins is going to play tonight. He's probably going to play 10 to 15 minutes, I would guess, uh, with the second units, probably at the start of the second and fourth quarters. Uh, at least that's what I would do uh, if I was going to play him. I imagine Steve Kerr is going to do the same thing. I mean, I guess there's a chance he could start, but I think that would be a mistake. So um, I think he'll play in those those second units and try to give uh, Golden State some additional scoring punch, which they're probably going to need uh, in this series. And Kevin Durant, I think, is probably going to miss at least the first two games. Could even be beyond that. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens when he comes back. Calf strains are tricky. Uh, they're tricky injuries to recover from. They're tricky injuries to to manage once you get back. You can easily re-injure it again. Um, so, I, I mean, I think Durant is going to play, but uh, I'm not sure he's going to have uh, really be able to get get back to being you know the typical Kevin Durant in the series, which is part of why I think Toronto is going to find a way to win. Uh, that what the what the Raptors did against the Bucks those four straight wins the adjustments they made did that did that factor in it had to factor in to your prediction did it alter your your sort of assessment of the Raptors? No, not really. I, I thought the Raptors would win that series in six games before it started, and um, you know going back to Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals, the Raptors blew that game, should have won it, frankly, and um, really other than Game Two when. Uh, you know, everybody on the Bucks, you know, couldn't miss, and they kind of ran them out of the gym in Milwaukee. Um, you know, I thought Toronto controlled the play in most of that series. They really, um, you know, they gave up early runs in games five and six, but the last three quarters of those games, they were the better team, and, you know, they, they really controlled most of games three and four. So, 
Um, look, I thought that was a really big accomplishment for Toronto to, to turn that series around and come back from down 2-0 to win, but um, it, it didn't materially change my opinion of how good this Raptors team is. They've been one of the best teams in the league all season long, and I, I've always thought from the beginning that uh, they had the team best suited to uh, to play Golden State if they met in a series like this. Is there anything that's underrated about the Raptors for you? I, I just think their overall depth um, you know, the bench has been up and down during the playoffs, but you look at their eight-man rotation, starting five plus Serge Baca, Fred Van Vliet, and Norman Powell, that's that's eight guys who are quality NBA players who can play uh, and can play it at, at, in the NBA Finals at a level like this. Um, you know, you look at a team even like Golden State, they're trying to play guys like Quinn Cook and Jonas Jerebko and uh, Alfonso McKinney, who was in Toronto last year as the 15th guy. I mean, those guys have all improved, but you know their depth is not the same as as Toronto. So, um, you know, I think the defense might be a little underrated just because I don't think people realize quite how good it is. But like I said, it's it's a real it's a real bonus in the NBA to just have quality rotation guys at every spot. And I think you know if you go all the way one through eight through Toronto's rotation, you can say that about them. Uh, what's impressive for me with the Raptors is sort of the uh, the development or evolution of of the players individually and collectively, and, and certainly Pascal Siakam is absolutely off the charts. Uh, how do you see his role in, in this final series? Because I, I think it would be slightly different than in the previous rounds. I mean, look, he's going to have to have uh, he's got he's got a lot on his plate. He's got to guard Draymond Green uh, primarily at one end of the court. Uh, he's got to score a lot better than he did in the last couple series. He's got to be uh, willing and able to take and make open shots. He's going to get left open in the corners. He's got to knock down those shots. He can't be afraid to shoot them like he was at times. And he has to get back to relentlessly attacking the basket. I thought he got really, um, I thought he got really stymied at times by the combination of first Joel Embiid and then Brooke Lopez, you know, having their hands up at the rim, you know, just kind of creating giant wall for him to try to go around. And, you know, Draymond Green is one of the best defensive players of all time, but he's still not, know the seven two guy that Brooke and Joel are. So I think he's got to get back to attack the rim more and he's got to be willing to take those open shots and then at the other end he's got to stay out of foul trouble and, and not reach on, on a guy like Draymond who's going to be making his life difficult at it. And uh, if the Warriors have a smaller lineup and that might be a challenge for the Raptors too, right? It can be though. Toronto I think is one of the few teams that's kind of well equipped to play them in that small lineup because Siakam can kind of stick with Draymond and then they've got, you know, Powell and Ben Bleed, and uh, you know they could bring them in to play different against different teams. You could play Surge as a small ball center. Um, you know you've got Danny Green and Kawhi and Pascal who could kind of rotate on the wings. So I, I think Toronto is actually pretty well suited to um, to, to guard uh, you know Golden State as well as anybody can when they go to that death lineup. But um, that also kind of goes back to one of the things I'm interested to see in the series is how much can Marcus All stay on the court. Uh, throughout it because, you know, if he can stay out there, his presence is a, is a big part of what Toronto does defensively. And, you know, Golden State at times does like to play these centers uh, who aren't very good. And, and every minute that, in my opinion, either Kavon Ludi or Draymond is playing center is a win for, uh, you know, is a win for Toronto because that's going to allow Mark to have a lot more easier, easier matchups and be able to stay on the court for longer. I'd be interested in your take on the coaching matchup. I mean, Nick Nurse has done a lot of things right here, has learned a lot, and has done a lot of adjusting, and it's paid off. But but, but up against a guy who's won before at this level, how do you see that sort of tracking? 
Yeah, I mean, I think Nick's done a really nice job during the playoffs. He's made nice adjustments throughout the last couple of series, right? I mean, you go back to playing Serge and Mark together in the Philly series, that really started to tip things in uh, Toronto's favor. And then you go to the last round putting, Giannis, or putting Kawhi on Giannis and doing some of the different stuff that Toronto did schematically to change things up. Um, you know, I think, I think Nick's done a really good job during these playoffs. But obviously, it certainly helps when you've been there before. Steve's been there a million times as a player and a coach. Um, he knows what it takes to win at the highest level. And, you know, it, look, the Raptors from the coaching staff to the players on down are going to have to be at their A game to win this series. But I, I do think they have the, the overall capability in, in both those facets of the game to, uh, to get the job done and, and to get Toronto a title. I'd be interested in your take also on Kawhi Leonard. I mean, obviously the, the guy has credentials, um, and not to diminish those, but we had that load management story all year, and, and it sort of um, got in the way of understanding how great this guy is, and he has absolutely excelled with the game or the series on the line uh, in the previous rounds. And, and, you know, I think people are starting to understand that we have a, you know, this, this guy is a, just a stunning player. What's your take on, on what he's done so far? I mean, he's been remarkable during the playoffs. I think the people that, that criticized the Raptors and Kawhi for, uh, you know, managing it through the season are looking pretty stupid now. Um, and I, I think you see that the plan that Toronto had in place and that Kawhi had in place to have his body uh, ready to go for when this playoff run came, uh, you know, I think, I think that plan has been vindicated. He's been able to play any, any number of minutes he's had to. He's taken on every responsibility he's had to. Uh, and not only has he done that, he's done it at the highest level possible. So, like I said, I, I think he might be the best player in the league now. And, you know, if he can, if he can cap this playoff run uh, with a championship, it's going to go down as one of the great individual playoff runs in the history of the sport. So what was your prediction? Did you have games? Was it seven games? Yeah. It's the Raptors in seven. Did yep. you, okay, and, and who else? Who was the other guy who, who picked, or the other writer who picked the Raptors? Uh, this guy named Andre Sellings is an editor on our staff. Okay, so two out of twenty-one, interesting. And I just, you know, it's it's fascinating that that we uh, that you would see it that way. And I'm I'm not going to disagree with you, Tim. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you, Tim Bontemps, uh, ESPN NBA writer. And so two of twenty-one, and he's one of the two, and he gave me the other name. Uh, coming up next, we'll have Leo Routen stop by. I should tell you that tomorrow morning in the first stop, you can win a pair of tickets to see the Raptors in Game Two of the NBA Finals, courtesy TSN ten fifty. Landsberg and Koliakovo will announce a very important playoff keyword. You'll want to remember it when you're listening to Overdrive later that afternoon. Hayes will give you the cue to call, and if you are the first one through with the correct keyword, you will be headed to the game. That's game two. Game one is tonight, and we have extensive coverage. Matt Cause at 1 o'clock, 1 to 4, with his uh, Raptors game day. Uh, and Andy Petrillo's on at uh, noon with Leafs Lunch. Uh, obviously, uh, overdrive 4 to 7, from 7 to 9. Dwayne Watson and me will be at Scotiabank Arena with a pregame. And then, of course, Jack Armstrong, Paul Jones will have the accounts and descriptions of game one of the NBA Finals. Uh, with Golden State visiting the Raptors at Scotiabank Arena, and then the postgame follows in tomorrow morning all over this stuff again with the same lineup. First up, followed by this show, which is Raptors Shootaround, and uh, it's just going to be a fun night, and a really, you know, obviously there, there's a lot of excitement in the city. Step-by-step step is the way I'm going to approach this, and, and so far I'm enjoying uh, what happens before noon on Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Later on, we'll have Leo Routen stop by. He is our TSN Raptors analyst. And, and for those searching for where you can find all this stuff, um, 
games 1, 3, and 5 on TSN 1050, uh, games 2, 4, and 6 on the television side on TSN. So uh, that's that's where you can find everything, and uh, it's just going to be a great night, and already the line has started, started to form for Jurassic Park, and don't know where it all ends up, but the downtown's going to be very, very busy tonight. And, and, you know, one of the treats is is that uh, with the NBA Finals, a lot of the past and, and the NBA family will be honored, and I don't know what is planned or what the NBA... This is an NBA show. It's not a Raptors show. So I don't know who's going to be introduced on, on the scoreboard, the red carpet thing, uh, but there will be uh, certainly many people that have contributed to the Raptors' success over the last 24 years, and NBA stars as well from the NBA family. Uh, Damon Stoudemire was the original Raptor, and uh, he was talking uh, yesterday about uh, when you play for Toronto, you're a star in two countries. It's one thing to be a star in the United States, but sometimes we take for granted you can be the star in two countries. When you're talking about taxes, man, once you hit a certain threshold, it don't matter. You're going to get taxed anyway. That's just, I had a whole nother level of, of popularity over in Canada. It's almost like being an artist. When they have nothing left over here, they always start touring what? Overseas, and, and, and their popularity is still what? The same as it was in the height of their career. You know, the money's the bread, man. You know, get that money, man, and be the king of Canada, too. <laughs> Well said. Uh, so Damon Stoudemire, I mean, that goes right back to the original days of the franchise, uh, the first year in, holding the draft at what was called Skydome then, and Damon Stoudemire was the first Raptors draft pick, and he was booed because they wanted somebody else. Ed O'Bannon was the, the guy everybody thought was going to come to the Raptors, but it was Damon Stoudemire. And certainly at, at any point uh, during the proceedings, depending on where you are in the demographic, certainly the older end will remember the, the humble beginnings, and certainly they were. Uh, and here we are now. Really, it's it's a fascinating moment for the city, for the franchise, for the country, and for the NBA. And don't underestimate the fact that the NBA final starts in another country, an American league, and and that's noteworthy. And, you know, you don't know exactly where all this stuff goes, but everybody's talking about worldwide uh, coverage and worldwide events in other markets and developing other revenue streams. This is not uh, the world that was around 25, 30 years ago. This is a much smaller planet, and and so you you know. You can look at that and go, well, we did have two NBA teams in this country at one point. Would the NBA ever revisit that? And are there other markets, other countries around the world that they would explore to host a team? And, and maybe, you know, when you have the NBA finals, the big stage, it's like the Super Bowl going on a road trip, right? I mean, uh, that's fascinating. That generates more revenue. And, and that's what the world seems to be driven on these days is how do we generate more? We have this much coming in. What's the next level? And so this is new level stuff for the NBA. And, and we'll be interested to, to track how it plays out. But again, as I said earlier, one moment at a time. We're not even at noon yet on the first day of the NBA Finals in, in a, a different country for the NBA and a different experience for Raptors, players, franchise, and fans. And, and this is really enjoyable stuff. Up next, we'll have Leo Routens join us and you on Raptors Shootaround. TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, also available in the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Raptors shoot around, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. Jim Taddy with you until noon. Andy Petrello takes over with Leafs Lunch, followed by Matt Cause. Leave it up to Cause to remind us about game one for the Raptors in a series on home court. Thanks, buddy. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's bring in Leo Routens now, our TSN basketball expert. Leo, welcome. How are you today, sir? I'm great. How could I not be? What a day. <laughs> this is fabulous, isn't it? It's Christmas, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, and and you know, I, honestly, I've, you know, I've been around this city a long time. I don't, I don't know if I've seen this much excitement. It's it's uh, it's, it's mind-boggling. 
Uh, and let, so let's do the history lesson. Uh, 1983, first round pick of the Philadelphia 76ers, and that is Leo Routens, who is with us. Uh, Leo, you know, obviously your system, that, that's a long, that's, that's two lifetimes ago in, in terms of the basketball structure in this country, and, and, and you succeeded at it. But when you look at where we are today, the effect of Vince Carter, first of all, the effect of the Raptors franchise, and now the success on, on the basketball infrastructure in this country, it's phenomenal, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I mean, you know, when I said I wanted to be an NBA player, it was kind of unrealistic if you think about it. I mean, you rarely saw it. You know, the Buffalo Braves played a few games there at the Maple Leaf Gardens. Um, it was kind of an unrealistic dream, if you really think about it, in a hockey country. Uh, today, uh, it's a whole different ballgame. I mean, you got – and it really, you know, people talk about Vince Carter, but to me, it's the NBA, period. When the NBA came in 1995 – it changed the landscape forever. I mean, if you think about, you know, Andrew Wiggins was the number one pick. When was he born? 1995. So from that point on, everything changed. And then obviously Vince Carter, Steve Nash, uh, you can go through the list of, list of people uh, and the impact this game has had because of them. Uh, and then the success of the Raptors. And, and the game has grown so much. And it, it, it's incredible to see across the country the opportunities for kids the fact that Canada has the most NBA players outside of the United States playing in the NBA, and that number is going to grow this summer and next summer. It just, it, it's crazy. Uh, and I think what's going to happen now is, is so many people are involved and so many people are aware, but what the Raptors are doing right now is going to push it to a whole new level. Uh, and I'm just excited to see where, where it's going to go from here. I mean, it's remarkable when you look at it because it's, it, what was a, a pipe dream, really, is now a no-brainer. I mean, could you imagine this society without the Raptors? I, there's just no way that exists. No, and, and, you know, just based on what our society is, I mean, think about Toronto and Canada. You know, it's so multicultural, so diverse. It's perfect for the game of basketball. It fits. Uh, and the economics. I mean, think about it. What does it cost to play ball? A pair of sneakers and a ball, right? Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's not outfitting your kid in thousands of dollars a gear to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go to a rink. Uh, a lot of people can't do that. They can't afford that. Uh, the game the game fits, and, and and I think that it's also a game that's easy to to get to as far, as far as enjoying it. I mean, you're, you're, you know, you can see faces. You can see expressions. You can see everything. You know, there's no uniforms covering everything up, no masks, no headgear. Uh, you know, you have you have excitement on every play. I mean, you don't have to wait, you know, 90 minutes for a goal, right? I mean, you can you see a basket every possession. So I, I think it appeals to so many um, that, like I said, it's uh, the future of this game is is exciting, and I think it's a perfect fit for you know, what our country is now. Well, that's part of the explanation when people ask me, what's the difference between doing a Raptors and a Leafs game? And with all due respect to everybody, in a Raptors game, you're talking about 200 points. There's there's plenty of storylines there. A hockey game can be reduced to one or two moments, and, and that get, that sort of wears out. But, but the basketball, is uh, there's a lot of layers to it. How, how do you approach this series? How do you see this breaking out? Uh, I, I like the Raptors' chances. I really believe that they can win this series. Uh, and I don't take anything away from a champion. Golden State is a tremendous team. They're one of the teams that I love to watch play, especially the way they're playing right now. That ball moves. And to me, they're the perfect blend of old school and new school. They play defense. They move the ball. They move without the ball, yet they shoot the three freely uh, and effectively. So it's kind of that nice blend. So if you're the Raptors, you know, a couple of, you know, Nick Nurse said it, Fred Van Fleet said it. 
you mentally have to be locked in every possession. You you make a, you have a couple of mental lapses against this team, and you could have a double-digit deficit in a minute and a half. That's how explosive they are. And so the Raptors have to continue the defense that we've seen them play. And, and here's the best part. You know, the Raptors beat the Golden State Warriors twice in a regular season. Now, that's only happened twice under Steve Kerr, <laughs> that they've been swept. But forget the regular season, because I think the Raptors are a better team than that, that beat them during a regular season, because things have happened, trades have happened, and this team has evolved. And I've seen that grow throughout each round of the playoffs to where now that, you know, these guys are finally really understanding what they're capable of. So I I fully expect this to be a great series. And and, and I I have faith that the Raptors can shock the world on this one. I totally agree. And I like what you said about how how they've evolved. So if you could take us through the the three rounds, uh, and they had to find something different in each round. I mean, what is the difference between the Raptors today and the one that lost the opening game against Orlando? Well, you got to remember that I mean, this team, think about it. Gasol's only played a half a season with this team, including the playoffs. You know, I think Kawhi Leonard just played a 78th game. That's not even a full season. Uh, the starters as a unit, uh, I think they had, what, between 17 and 20 games uh, together before the playoffs. So that, that's, that's not a lot of time. And then you look at what, they, uh, what they're doing. Uh, you look at the, 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 the playoffs. So you start the playoffs, and... They arguably had, not even arguably, they had the toughest round to finals. And you, their toughest rounds. You play Orlando, one of the hottest teams coming in. Uh, number one rated defensive team from the All-Star game to the end of the season. And length, uh, unusual uh, matchups. And the Raptors, yeah, they got kicked in the mouth first game and then just locked in after that. Then you go to Philadelphia, and everybody says this is the best starting lineup in the NBA. Again, Length at certain positions, the Raptors have to stick to their starting lineup. Their, their bench guys struggled because of a lot of these matchups, uh, but the Raptors found a way. And then you go to Milwaukee, and this is the best the best team in the NBA by record. Uh, a tremendous offensive defensive team. Raptors got you know banged twice. Should have won the first game in Milwaukee, but then figured it out and were able to take things away for the Milwaukee Bucks to beat them four times, which is crazy if you think about it. And, you know, I, I think it's important to put in perspective, too, that so you saw that growth and how they figured things out. And, and really, and every one of them says it's defense, that, that they really were able to figure out and understand that they can do whatever they choose to do at that end of the floor. But you got to give, you know, the coaching staff and, and, and the organization a lot of credit because, you know, as I said, Milwaukee had the best record in the NBA, right? They had 60 wins. Raptors had the second-best record at 58. But put in perspective, there was no idea or goal to finish first, have the best record in the NBA, any of that. It was all about let's get Kawhi healthy, strong, ready for the postseason. Let's get this team ready for the postseason because that's what this team is all about, what they're going to do in the playoffs. Uh, and when you finish with you know second-best record in the league under those circumstances and then go through the rounds of playoffs that the Raptors have, You've got to give this organization, the players, and the coaches a lot of credit. Uh, I like the, the, the part about uh, the, the tweaking and the coaching staff, uh, you know, because that doesn't happen all the time. To do that, uh, you know, first, uh, the, the first one against Milwaukee was a double overtime, so that's a coin flip. But to do that three consecutive games after that against a, a team like Milwaukee, that is as impressive as it gets, isn't it? Oh, no question. I mean, I don't think anybody uh, could have anticipated that or, or projected that. 
but it just tells you how good this team can be. And, uh, you know, even that double overtime game, you think of the players that, that, that stepped up. You know, Danny Green, you know, made one shot. And it was a huge one. You know, Fred Van Bleet had to, had to, you know, finish the game in the two overtimes because Kyle Lowry fouled out uh, and, and played like a champ uh, the way we expect him to play. You know, Norm Powell steps up big. So, you know, this team has different guys that can step up. And, of course, hey, when your best player – well, two best players. I mean, you know, you can't downplay Kyle Lowry, what he brings to the table. He, he's been phenomenal. And and uh, Kawhi Leonard. I mean, you're you're looking at a guy that may very well be the best player in the game and without a doubt is the best two-way player in the game. So, um, you know, that kind of puffs out your chest a little bit. You know, when you're, when you're on the floor with him, you're feeling pretty good and pretty confident. Well, even Kawhi, I mean, as great as he is, you, you've seen him, uh, I guess, evolve during the course of the playoffs too, haven't you? Oh, yeah. And even Nick Nurse, you know, he made this point yesterday. He said that, you know, he, he thought there was another gear. You know, he, you know, Kawhi would have 30 points in a game, and he, and he almost felt like he was holding back. Um, and, and I think for Kawhi, it was about, you know, he made the point, you know, 82 games of practice. That's what it is. And, and he did everything he could to get ready, and, and you've seen that other gear. And you've seen him, you know, people don't understand the IQ of this team, and especially Kawhi. You know, teams have tried different things, and he can play any way you want. But one thing you better remember, you're going to play his pace. He, you're not going to speed him up. Uh, and he's knocked down to three. He's taken the ball to the rim. He's, he's at nine assist games, finding his teammates. Uh, huge rebounds when the team uses him. Uh, he just does everything, uh, and, and that's the, you know, uh, how you see him evolve. But you didn't see a lot of the explosiveness, the massive dunks we're seeing now in the regular season. He was getting to this point, uh, and now he's bringing it all out. Leo, I know you're under a time crunch. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you. Leo Routens, our TSN Raptors analyst, at Leo Routens is, is the Twitter account. And, and so, I, you know, I guess as you get ready for this, there's a lot of things to soak up here. But the pure basketball analysis is, and we'll go to the audio file or add for this, uh, how do you defeat the Golden State Warriors? Danny Green has an opinion on that. Let's listen to that. Uh, we got to communicate well defensively. I think our defense has been pretty good um, throughout most of the playoffs, but I think we have to you know, be able to talk out our you know, switches, talk out our screens, or how we're guarding certain guys, uh, rebound well, and, uh, get to the shooters, try to limit them as much as possible, um, and get back in defense, have a set defense to give ourselves a chance. So if we rebound and, and get back on defense, and offensively, obviously, you know, attack where we've been attacking uh, and find each, each other, moving the ball and getting some open, uncontested looks, uh, but defense is a key for us in rebounding. Wow, this is going to be fun to watch. I mean, the best in the business face off against each other or tip off against each other, I guess is the best way to describe that. And, and it, you just go at it and, and uh, no letdowns, that's for sure. And we all understand how fast the tide can turn. I mean, if you go back to that Buck series where they'd go on those runs, well, just multiply by two when you're dealing with the Warriors and, and maybe in a shorter period of time. Uh, let's hear from Marcus Saul on how to beat the Golden State Warriors. Every possession from the jumbo, um, competing, you know, communicating, um, solving issues as, as we face them. Um, do not overreact to whatever. You know, they're going to make sure they're a really good team. Um, you know, protect the paint as well as this three-point line, multiple effort things. Um, you know, sort of the same things that uh, that we've been doing. But uh, you know, as, as farther along you go, you got to do more and harder. Yes, more and play harder. That's, I mean, and that's what you would expect as you go through the playoffs. Each round gets tougher, and that's why I still go back to that performance against the Bucks. You're down two nothing. The home team wins the first two games. You rip off the next four. 
at that point in the Eastern Conference Final, that is a very difficult thing to achieve, and, and that is certainly something to be very proud of. I mean, you're not going to see that every year, that's for sure. And I, I've detailed this before. If you go through the history of the 4-7 to seven format, when the road team wins the first two games, sometimes the, the team that has home court or, or that ha- hosted the, the first two games and lost comes back and wins the next four. But it's very rare that, that the, the road team would lose the first two games and then win the next four. It just doesn't happen that way. Uh, one final bit of uh, information here, and I guess we have just enough time to, uh, to go over uh, the marching orders today. And I should tell you that tomorrow morning on First Up, you can win a pair of tickets to see the Raptors in Game 2 of the NBA Finals, courtesy TSN 1050 Landsberg and Koliakovo will announce a very important playoff keyword. You'll want to remember it. And when you're listening to Overdrive later that afternoon, when Hayes gives you the cue to call, be the first one through with the correct keyword, and you'll be headed to Game 2. Game 1 coverage continues all day long on TSN 1050, uh, including uh, Game Day with Matt Cause, 1-4, to four, Overdrive 4-7. to seven. And at 7 tonight, uh, we will have, of course, the pregame show, two hours long, live from Scotiabank Arena. I'll be with Dwayne Watson for that, and then the game and the postgame follows. Uh, coming up next, Leafs Lunch with Andy Petrillo. And I want to thank you for joining us on the Raptors shoot-around special here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.